my teeth and shake a tail thin A bikini babe, catching a road wave A big surprise, I'm gonna rise and flash my tooth cave All the buff dudes, safe on the beach food They're gonna need a bigger boat and barrels real soon I'm a sea king, a CGI thing I'm here to eat and my teeth and shake a tail thin Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Coates. This week, we are checking out Shark Side of the Moon from 2022, directed by Glenn Campbell and Tammy Klein. Yeah, this was a movie. <laughs> um, I Fuck, man. It's on Tubi if you want to watch it. It's there for free. Um, I'm just going to go into it. We're going to start off with the poster expectations. So this has a shark standing in front of the moon. So I better see some fucking sharks like flying through fucking space or I'm going to be pretty goddamn upset. I mean, really, you're showing me a shark standing in front of the moon, not just on the moon. So I better see fucking sharks in space or something. And the shark on the cover has like a lot of detail to it. So I'm almost kind of expecting at least some practical shark effects for these shark creatures. Um, yeah, if you look at the poster, it's like a half shark, half man, like creature thing. So that's like the whole crux of this fucking movie. But hey, there's not much else for me to do other than let's dive in. So right off the bat, we see this is a movie by the asylum and my heart sinks a little bit when I see this. Like I thought judging by the poster, we were going to get some practical effect sharks, maybe not all of them, but at least some. But after seeing that, like, fuck, I, I know we're not going to get any of that. So I was a little disappointed right off the bat, but I'm like, hey, they still made movies like Sharknado and some other ones that I really enjoy. So maybe this one won't be too bad. Let's keep going in and let's see how this goes. We get some stock footage of space shuttles and rockets and the timeline of America and USSR's space programs or some shit. Then we get a title card, Top Secret Soviet Lab, somewhere near Moscow, USSR, 1984. We see a Russian scientist with a bucket throwing guts into a large tank or something. Wait a minute. Wait. He had... Wait. Yeah. He had a bucket of chum, bitch. His colleague comes up behind him and scares him, and he throws the bucket into this tank, hitting some sort of, like, laser grid device and damaging it. They speak in Russian about how smart the creatures are, and then they start to see the barrier is broken, and a slew of shark men come out of the tank. Everyone starts running as the sharks slaughter everybody. Right off the bat, we see exactly what these things look like. Any other movie <laughs> like that was not done by the Asylum, we would ease into this. We wouldn't just show all this right off the bat. But they're like, nope, here's your shark, man. That's what you're fucking getting. You don't like it. Don't watch the rest of the fucking movie. Which, you know what? I kind of appreciate at the same time. So, thank you. Unfortunately, I did watch the rest of this movie. So, yeah. People start running outside, getting out of the lab... The two scientists from earlier start saying that if these things get to the ocean, it's all over. So they have to end it for good. And although the sharks are CG, they aren't the worst thing I've seen. And so far, I'm kind of just enjoying the chaos of it all. So it's not as bad as I was originally anticipating when I first saw the asylum come up. The scientists run into a space shuttle and the sharks chase them in there. One of the scientists sacrifices himself to buy the other one more time. 
So obviously the sharks get him. Like all he did was go into the back of the space shuttle, launch like a flare or something to distract the sharks. And then they killed him. Like ultimately he didn't really accomplish anything other than just dying. And also, I, I guess just somehow all of the shark men just happened to chase the scientist into the shuttle. So, like, every single one that was in this facility were just like, no, fuck everybody else. We're going to this space shuttle. I, that's what I'm assuming would fucking happen because they haven't told me otherwise. So now we cut to Cape Canaveral, Florida, present day. A space shuttle is getting ready to launch. One of the crew members falls ill. But the launch can't be delayed because they say it'll delay them six months and they can't afford that. So they have an alternate in place ready to go. And the captain goes, oh, shit. And she does not look happy. Nobody on the ship looks happy about this. Nobody seems happy that this guy is coming. And they almost imply that these people had like a relationship with this man before. This does not come to fruition at all. This does not fucking matter. They could have just left the other person that was there and it would have been fine. They built this up like it was going to be like some character development and it turned into nothing. Nothing. So we see some glamour shots of this dude riding a motorcycle. He's our alternate astronaut. He arrives to the shuttle as the other crew members get the shuttle ready. His name is Michael. And the commander, they kind of have like a passive aggressive argue. So they have a pass we don't know about just yet um, or at all. We, I, from what I remember, we just never find out what sort of pass these two had. And I guess it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of this fucking story. Also, none of these astronauts are wearing fucking spacesuits. Not a single goddamn one. Now, granted, this isn't like a regular space shuttle. It looks more like it would be in the world of Firefly or something like that. But it's still, like, it's supposed to be present day, so you can't tell me, uh, what, I'm looking too much into it, never mind. So the ship finally takes off, and this is actually probably some of the best CGI I've seen from the Asylum. So I have a little bit more hope at this point while I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. I can deal with this. Maybe. The ship gets to space safely, and everyone is happy-dappy. The commander visits one of the team members who's working on making algae a renewable energy source. So it sounds like they're trying to colonize the moon. The crew begins to descend on the moon and the ship is suddenly rocked off course and the crew returns to the bridge. The ship loses contact with mission control as the ship continues to descend into the wrong landing site. Commander Tress decides to restart the ship to see if that'll work. I mean, hey, if it works on my laptop or TV, I, I imagine a million dollar spaceship is about the same, right? They restart the ship. They can't regain control, so they try to slow the ship down so they don't explode into the moon. They hit the satellite that allows them to contact mission control, apparently. And so, yeah, now they can't talk to Earth anymore. The ship slams into the lunar surface, but they are all still alive. Michael tries to get into the ship system, but they're all locked out. So they decide to take a small crew outside and scavenge some parts from like previous space uh, missions to like help repair the ship. So now they finally have fucking spacesuits on and there's like four of them walking on the moon. And when they're walking on the moon, we either get one of two things, really terrible CGI, like green screen. Oh, sorry. One of three things, actually. Sometimes it's just like full CGI characters and background, like the whole thing. Um, or them just walking in a black void, or when it goes to the wide shots, it's just them in front of a god-awful green screen. Ugh. I feel like they could have condensed some of these shots down so we didn't have to have that many of them because they just look so fucking bad. Ugh. 
Anyways, they find the old rover they were looking for and start grabbing parts. As they do, we see the ground cracking as if something is coming towards them. As they get closer, we see their shark fins. They start running back to the ship. One of them is killed. As they run, one of the sharks is blown back by an explosion, like a trap of some sort, and he's lying on its back. They gather around the body and ask why there are sharks on the moon, and the shark starts to get up when a giant spear comes out of nowhere, fucking stabbing it right in the chest. We see two people who fucking somehow, we'll find out later, don't have spacesuits on, but are walking and talking around the moon like it's nothing. One of them is the Russian scientist from earlier. He welcomes them to the moon as he grabs his spear, and the girl with him stabs the shark. The scientist assumed after 40 years on the moon that somebody would come and rescue him, so he's pretty bummed to find out that that's not the case. After 40 years on the moon, I thought someone would come and rescue me, but it turns out no one cares. Son of a bitch. Also, I just realized last week's movie uh, was with Russians, too. Shit, and Shark Men. Oh, man, I just did a really weird double feature, and I didn't even fucking realize it. God damn. That's pretty fucking cool. We learn that this girl is his adoptive daughter, and she has nothing to help her breathe or live in this environment. He at least has, like, a tube going into his nose to get oxygen, but she has nothing, and we'll find out soon why. We see the daughter has a protrusion on her back. Oh, I wonder what it could be. And this is where he's like, yeah, she's my adoptive daughter. His name is uh, Sergei. Her name is Akula. One of the crew members, I think it was Michael, tries to touch her back. And Sergei threatens him that if he ever does it again, he's going to fucking kill him. Sergei and Akula suggest they go back to their base and gather supplies before going back to Tress's ship. They argue about it a bit until they decide it's a good idea because Sergei's like, listen, they're going to follow you. If we go back to my ship, we can stay safe for a bit and then come up with a plan. They're like, okay, fine, we'll do it that way. As they get on the Russian's rover, one of the sharks grabs one of the crew from the back. His name was Henry, and the shark jumps into a hole with him, taking him hostage. Tress obviously wants to go after him and save him, but Sergei's like, it's a trap. If they wanted him dead, he would be dead already. Tress goes to warn the remaining crew on the radio, but Akula says no, and Sergei says the electromagnetic waves from the radio will attract the shark. So they head back to Sergei and Akula's base for supplies. We see Henry as he's being taken prisoner. He has no helmet on, and he's asking why he can breathe, and they bring him before one of the sharks, and this thing is wearing a fucking leather bra or something with a goddamn sheriff's badge. Where did they get a sheriff's badge? On the moon. Like, okay, I guess maybe they made it because they do have, like, some facilities built. I, which, again, how they got the materials to build these things is fucking mind-blowing. We never address that part. There are so many other things that they address in this movie, but some of the bigger things, like, how do they construct some of these buildings? Or, my question, this sheriff's badge. The shark starts speaking in Russian, and we learn they want to take the ship back to Earth with their eggs, and then return for the rest of the sharks later. Then another shark is brought in front of Henry, and this skinny bitch is speaking English. And what I, like, she is a skinny, stereotypical, like, female that you would see in, like, a comic book or something. And they made this their female leader. Which was weird to me, because, like, I don't think female sharks are necessarily skinnier than the males, or at least not in the way that they made this bitch skinny. Like, there's just no way. But, anyways. The others arrive at Sergei's base, and we learn they have created oxygen from algae, just as the other woman was planning to do. So, yay, it works. 
Tress and Michael start asking them questions, starting with why Akula doesn't need oxygen or a suit to survive. So she unzips her top a bit, and we see she has gills, so she's a hybrid. Whoa, who could have seen it coming? Sergei says he found her at an abandoned camp, and she was healthy and hungry, and he raised her as his own. Oh, he's not so nice. Like, oh, little baby shark. Oh. oh, look at the little baby shark. Yes, I'm going to make it my own. I am lonely man, so I need daughter shark to help keep me company. And then what we do when we get older is my business, because I am the Russian scientist. I'm lonely man. So now Sergei, or Sergei, shows them his suits, which, with a bunch of science jargon, the suit keeps them warm, blocks electromagnetic signals or something, and they use algae for oxygen. At this point, it's just best to accept, like, what they're saying. Like, okay, I get it. You didn't have enough money for fucking spacesuits, so this is what we're getting. Oh, yeah, we just, like, throw some algae on our back in a jar, and it creates oxygen so we can breathe. I don't think that's quite how it works, but then again, I am no Russian scientist. I cannot tell you how these things work, because I am stupid. I am a North American dumbass. What can I say? Tress asks why the sharks are even there in the first place, so Sergei explains that they made these sharks to be used as a weapon against the U.S. during the Cold War, and then he tells him about the breakout, blah, blah, blah. She then asks, like, how he was able to survive on the moon for, like, 40 fucking years, and I guess the ship was filled with experiments, so he was able to grow his own food, get water, all that fun shit you need to live. And then they said they, like, drilled for water. Again, it's so far out there. At least the algae thing is somewhat believable. Like, I can... Whether or not it's true, just looking at it in a movie, I can just kind of accept it. But some of this other shit, it's like, oh yeah, we just drilled for water. With fucking what? What fucking drill do you have on the moon? Did the boys from Armageddon swing by after their fucking uh, comment and be like, oh, hey, take our fucking drill here. Drill for some water. Have fun. Anyways, Michael chimes in that they need to start going after Henry. So they gather some supplies, and Tress tells Michael she's going to try and tell the crew to not use anything electromagnetic. So, so she sneaks away and uses her radio, which sends electromagnetic signals and sends a message to Ellie. And she tells her, do not respond. Don't use the radios. You're in danger of being attacked, so don't do that. So we go to the ship. We see the crew trying to get shit working, and they start to receive the commander's message, but it's all garbled as fuck. So naturally, Ellie decides to respond back because she can't hear the message, so of course she's going to use the fucking radio now. <sighs> Idiots. We see a shark walking along the moon, and it clearly hears the fucking signal, so it starts heading towards it. Ellie says they need to go find the rest of the crew because they've been gone for, like, too long. Like, even though they were given orders to stay there for fuck's sakes, like, no, we gotta go save them. No, you don't. Stay put. In the prison cell with Henry, he's being beaten by the skinny shark and keeps telling her he doesn't know where the ship is because they landed so far off course. Then the shark says they just want to go back home to Earth. And Henry's like, you're from Earth? And she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go rule Earth, motherfucker. And he refuses to tell her where the ship is. And she calls the big butch shark. I believe its name was Scar. And it bites his fucking leg off. And then she cauterizes the wound with some like giant car cigarette lighter looking thing. So we learn that this leader shark, her name is Zarina. So she pulls out a map 
and Henry points where the ship is, and she tells Scar to get a crew ready to go and find them. Back with Sergei and all of them, they're in these, like, fancy spacesuits that don't require masks, which just look fucking awful. Like, if they were going to cut the budget somewhere, I would have rather of them done less shots with CGI and just spent, like, fucking ten more dollars on these costumes. Just fucking ten more. That's it. But they also have uh, sharpened spears made out of moonstone, which is apparently the only thing that can pierce the shark's skin. Sure. They head out in the rover before deciding to continue on foot. Sergei starts giving some backstory on the shark. We learn that there's like probably a few dozen of them. And the leader, Zarina, only allows the strongest eggs to hatch. And so basically they keep all these eggs, the ones that they don't believe are strong enough, in hopes that one day they can return to Earth and get the technology to make them all like fucking super sharks, I guess. Like, they're all already fucking hybrid shark people so i don't know like what they consider their weak link to be but whatever although i guess it's also a way to make sure that the population doesn't grow out of control so they can keep it somewhat contained which is like probably the smartest thing anybody in this movie has fucking done so far they start to sneak up on the crater where the sharks have their civilization we get a look at the inside of this crater we did get a look earlier too but there's a few like large buildings some smaller ones and I mean, overall, pretty fucking impressive for shark people making this. And especially since they seem to have had to have manufactured all of this themselves. So they're highly intelligent and apparently resourceful because they're making buildings and factories and shit. So, yeah, good on them. Fucking Sergei and Akula have been uh, playing with algae for 40 fucking years. They spot the building they need to get into and they're attacked by a big hammerhead shark man. It and Akula fight... Tress cuts one of its eyes out, and Akula does some acrobatic shit, and then fucking stabs it, and it's done for. It is all fucked up. They start sneaking into the town, or crater. Tress comments on how impressive it all is, and is like, yeah, too bad they're all bloodthirsty monsters. Yes, we know that, but can we can just comment on how impressive this all is, for fuck's sakes. Like, yeah, we know they're bloodthirsty monsters. You don't need to tell us that. And now we're back with Ellie and one of the other crew. They're wandering the moon, and they come across a severed arm that belonged to Liam, who was one of the crew. They then spot one of the sharks and decide to head back to the ship. Yep. The shark gets Owen. Ellie yells for him, but he's dead, and she sees this massive shark holding a big spear. So she stops, and she throws a fucking rock at it, as if that's going to do anything. The shark chases her down and then eats her. So you probably should have stayed in the fucking ship, Ellie. Good fucking job. Now Owen's dead. You're dead. Somebody else is probably going to die because of this. God damn. Back on the ship, Josie, the algae girl, and Tom start figuring out a way to get home and figured they only have a six hour window to get home. So Tom starts on the fucking radio and of course the shark from earlier starts approaching the ship. Sergey and crew are sneaking into the base, trying to avoid any conflicts with the sharks as they, you know, they don't want to draw attention to themselves. And they say, like, uh, drawing blood draws attention or no blood, no attention sort of thing. A cool entrance come across a shark running towards them and they knock it down. They're trying not to draw blood, obviously. Sergey asks where the prisoner is. The shark bites down on its own mouth to draw blood and alert the guards nearby. So they start running, they come across Henry, and he tells them the ship is not safe because he told them where it was and that the sharks have an army of eggs that they're going to hatch there. 
They decide they need to get back fucking immediately. They help Henry out because he's, you know, missing a fucking leg. We see a whole bunch of sharks running in the halls. They all run into some room and they find a bunch of shark fetuses or hybrid eggs. And Michael says they should destroy the, like, the fucking eggs now. Akula protests saying that they're just innocent children and they haven't done anything wrong. Michael says they need to destroy them now to avoid an invasion in Earth. And I'm like, yeah, that actually kind of fucking tracks and makes sense. And Akula's are like, no, they're innocent children. They haven't done anything wrong. Well, guess what? The eggs start making noise. Yeah. And Sergei says they're sounding like at a fucking alarm. Yeah, probably should have just fucking killed them all, eh? But oh no, they're innocent eggs. They don't know what they're doing. It seems pretty fucking clear they know what they're doing. So as they start running away, Akula breaks off from the crowd and she comes across Zarina and they have a little chit chat. Tress realizes Akula is gone and Akula is confronting Zarina for abandoning her as a child. Zarina says she knew the human would take care of her. Weak, predictable humans. And then Zarina tries to manipulate her and tell her they need her. And Akula says uh, she won't let her destroy humanity. Zarina walks away and Akula lets her. And then she just meets back up with everyone and then lies and says, Oh, I thought I heard a noise. Ah, bitch, bitch, bitch. No one's going to trust you after this. Back at the ship, Tom is still fucking yelling on the radio. Josie, the algae girl, assures him they have enough food and oxygen to last for a while. The ship is suddenly rocked. They head to the habitation chamber, and Josie says those were shark teeth. So if you're wondering, like, wait, what just happened here? I have no idea what she's referring to here. And then Tom is like, sharks on the moon, that's what that was, yeah? I don't, like, they haven't seen anything yet. And yet, there's like, oh yeah, that was a shark tooth, right? Oh yeah, the sharks on the moon? I don't know how they know this information. I just don't fucking know. I feel like this is where a scene was cut, or honestly, maybe I just missed it. Maybe I'm wrong and I just missed it, but honestly, I have no fucking idea how they know this shit. Josie says, well, whatever they are, we need to make sure that they don't destroy the life support systems. The shark opens the door, so they arm themselves. Outside the base, Akula pulls a spear on Michael because I guess he pulled the plug on the babies in the end and she's not happy about it. I guess when they were running away, he pulled something or he threw something we didn't, I didn't really understand what was happening at the time until this scene happened. So yeah, she's pissed at him because I guess he killed all these babies. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Tress says, enough, they need to move on. So they start heading towards the rover. As they drive away, a fucking four-legged whale shark starts chasing them. Akula throws a spear at it and it stops chasing them for a moment, but Sergei says it'll be back. Tress gets on the radio and tells everyone to arm themselves and protect the ship. Um, a little fucking late there, toots. They reach the ship, but they don't find anyone as they arrive. Tress enters the lab and finds Josie and Tom with the dead shark. And then they go over like, ah, this person's dead. Who are these two? Well, I'll tell you about them later. Blah, blah, blah. So Tress divvies up duties and the ship is rocked again. The cameras outside the ship show about 20 or more sharks just outside. Henry volunteers to go, like, repair the hull or sacrifice himself, and he plans to draw them away from the ship so that they can get home. Tom is, like, super cool with this because he's mad that Henry gave up the ship's location. Like, I'm sorry, but he's not a fucking soldier, and they bit his leg off. Give the guy some fucking slack. You know what, Tom? Why don't you switch fucking places? You go take Henry's place, have your fucking leg chopped off, and then see how you feel about it. Me? Meh? 
That's what I fucking thought, Tom. So Henry leaves, he opens the doors to the ship, and he sits on a fucking propane torch or something. He turns the gas on and uses it as like a fucking jetpack between his legs. And he flies past the sharks like he's on a fucking broomstick, like he's in Harry Potter. So he flies past the shark, but they grab him. And one of the sharks bites the tank. Henry shoots it and it explodes, destroying the sharks around him. Everybody else inside gets the ship repaired and Tom realizes he forgot some calculations. So they actually only have like 24 minutes now, not four hours to get off the moon. Well, 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 not so fucking mighty now, Tom, are ya? Yeah, Mr. Oh yeah, Henry fucked all of us. Well, you're about to fuck everybody with your shitty calculations, Thomas. Sergei announces he's fixed the hull. They get ready to leave, but Akula says the sharks are here and they're boarding the ship. Does this fucking ship not have a goddamn lock on the goddamn door? Jesus fucking Christ. Useless, all of them. Like, the sharks are just like, oh yeah, we're just gonna come in. And they just keep walking in. Like, locks, people. God damn, it's a fucking spaceship. You're telling me this thing doesn't have locks on it? I understand the sharks could probably rip their way in if they wanted to, but... At the same time, why would they? They need this ship in one piece. Yeah, the ship doesn't have holes in it, but this plot sure does. We see Zarina outside, and Akula fills everyone in that, like, that's their leader. Tress tells everyone to hide and only attack when necessary. So everyone hides for a fun game of hide-and-shark-seek. Josie goes into the lab and turns on every electronic device in order to try and hide herself. A shark enters the lab, and as she tries to sneak away, she fucking knocks a cup off the table... A shark grabs her legs, pulls her onto the table. She's fucking dead. Tom is leaving a room, and I guess he was putting his flight plan onto a USB stick so that the sharks wouldn't have it. And then as soon as he leaves this room, a shark knocks him out. Michael comes across the shark and starts fighting it. Tress, Sergey, and Akula come around the corner, and they say they surrender, so they're done. They're all taken to Zarina. Serena thanks Akula. She says, this wouldn't be possible without her. Apparently, when they were hunting the sharks, some of them went to the Russian ship and learned how to fly somehow. And somehow this is Akula's fault, which, okay, I understand Akula should have either killed Zarina or told the others about Zarina and how she tried to recruit her, basically. And she says, yeah, Akula says, yeah, I'll never join you. And the others are, you know, kind of iffy about this whole situation. Mostly Michael. Michael's like very not trustworthy of her, but eh, what the fuck are you going to do? Tress chimes in and says it's not too late for them all, and that Zarina and her people could live there on the moon and grow and thrive. The humans will go back to Earth, and then they'll come back and drop off supplies from them. Honestly, if I'm Zarina, I'm calling your bullshit. Like, there's no way. It's like, yeah, just let us go, and I promise you we'll come back. Even though you tried to kill us, we'll come back for you. She tries to use the argument like, oh, you were created by humans, so maybe humans can help you. Eh, no. Humans create other humans and we can't even fucking help each other, so that's not really a great fucking argument. And then Azarina uh, says, yeah, no, I'd rather just, like, take Earth for myself. Which makes sense. She gets into the commander's chair and she fires the ship up. Michael and Akula make up and stop fighting, finally. And Sergei and Tress try to come up with a plan. Big Butch Shark starts approaching the cell that they're in and they all get ready to fight and a spear pierces through the shark's chest and it falls revealing Henry is still fucking alive somehow, but he's immediately killed by another shark. So he got his, like, couple of moments of redemption, and now he's finally fucking dead. For real this time. 
Tress kills that shark, and they find Tom's USB with the flight plan on it, still attached to his arm. The ship starts taking off, and they open a door and start jumping out one by one. Zarina shows up, and Akula pushes Tress out of the ship. Akula and Zarina fight. Akula just knocks Zarina out of the ship and stabs her pretty fucking easily. The crew looks up and sees a whole lot of sharks standing on a ridge, so they head for Sergei's ship. Zarina starts getting back up, so she's not even fucking dead yet. Somehow she survived all of this. Sergei leads the sharks through an area of booby traps. He suggests that he could make a bomb that would destroy the sharks by setting it off underground to get some uh, lava and kill the sharks, and somehow also get the ship that's still heading towards Earth, apparently. Somehow he's... it's outrageous. It's a completely outrageous and nonsensical plan. Sergei is going to sacrifice himself so they can destroy the sharks. He gives Akula some disc and says that when they land, it will do the job. Whatever the fuck that means. Trescent, Tom, and Akula head out of the ship and start slicing sharks. Sergei takes off on the ship. Serena starts throwing bodies into the mouth of the giant four-legged whale shark for reasons. I, I don't know why this was here. I also don't know who she keeps throwing into his mouth because they reuse the same shot twice. It looked like a person, but there was no other person there that died from what I remember. But whatever, maybe it was a shark hybrid. Fuck it. I don't know. Sergei drives the ship into the shark crater and a plume of lava hits the other ship, knocking it out of orbit and into a pit of liquid hot magma. Little by little, we see the shark civilization being destroyed. Then I don't know what happened, but something is flying through space it hits the water on Earth, and a bunch of regular sharks come swimming out, and a life raft appears, and our three heroes that are left climb on. I have absolutely no fucking clue how we got here. None whatsoever. Like, I I didn't see them get onto a ship. It's like they were just in a piece of the moon, and that it flung it to Earth. By the way, it took them 68 fucking hours to get to Earth on their spaceship. And yet, suddenly, they're now here in, like, a matter of minutes. Insane. Akula is excited as fuck to be on Earth. She's like, oh my god, it's just like he told me. That was fucking Italian. That wasn't even Russian. Oh my god. Oh yeah, Sergei told me how great Earth would be, and I'm so excited. That's better, I found it. Tress says maybe they should wait until night and plot a course with the stars. And then Akula starts crying out in pain. And Tress says Akula is fucking pregnant. And I guess at some point, Sergei said earlier that some of the sharks give birth this way, like without fucking. So I guess that's what's happening here. Tress tells Akula to push, and we just hear fucking ripping noises. And out comes a baby shark man. Tress exclaims how cute it is, and then it lunges at Michael. And Akula exclaims, I need to take care of my babies, and jumps in the water. And now, overhead of the boat, we're looking down, and we can see it is surrounded by just adorable shark men babies. Tress says, we're so fu- And then it cuts, and roll credits. And that is Shark Side of the Moon. So, right off the bat, poster expectations. Not quite fucking met. I didn't get a single practical shark. I mean, I guess technically we got some shark men on Earth after, but... Yeah, no, no practical sharks and a whole lot of plot points that just do not connect together. Now, overall, yes, I've been ragging on this movie. Was it fun? 
absolutely. I had a blast watching it, but like when you're analyzing it and looking at it, it makes zero fucking sense in a lot of places. Like how the fuck did they get back to earth? I may, maybe I need to rewatch this and figure that out because I just, all I remember is everything blowing up and then this thing flying through space and then they're on earth. I don't remember anything else like how they got on it. I don't think we were shown. It's, oh my God, it's just such nonsense. And it's just so unnecessary. But at the same time, if they're implicating that there's going to be a bunch of shark men like on fucking earth now, you better give me a goddamn sequel. I want to see it. I want to see these shark men taking over earth. Asylum, if you're listening, if you make a sequel to Shark Side of the Moon, I will watch it. <laughs> That's all I can offer you. I can't offer you money or anything, but I'll, I'll watch it. Put it on Tubi, and I will fucking watch it, and I'll review it on the show. Of course. Overall, it was an enjoyable watch. It is a stupid fucking movie. And ultimately, I wish there weren't as many, like, shark men. And I kind of wish there were fewer, so we could have had maybe just a couple, like, practical suits. But again, it's the Asylum. They don't do things that way all the time. So we kind of get what we fucking get. And I mean, the kills in the movie are pretty tame. There's not really a lot of gore or anything. So there's like all the kills are pretty much the same. There's not really anything to pick out. Like, oh, this is my favorite one. So I do recommend if you are going to watch this movie, have a shit ton of alcohol, weed, whatever you want to do. Don't watch it sober. I I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) But yeah, if you're inebriated, you might have a good time. And that was Shark Side of the Moon from 2022. As always, you can follow me on all the social medias, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Slasher, all at Bucket of Chum Podcast. And you can go to bucketofchumpodcast.com for more and patreon.com forward slash Bucket of Chum releasing the same day as this episode, part one of my review of Peter Benchley's Creature. That's on patreon.com right now. But I will see you guys next time for an all new episode of Bucket of Chum. Mm.